What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. What is going on, friends, and maybe some new friends? My name is Nick, and I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here at New Vision. I'm so thankful that you are joining us for our journey through the book of Joshua. We currently just started a new series here at New Vision talking about being battle ready and having courage for the battle. And we've been navigating through the book of Joshua, and we're going to be doing that in our podcast, as you've already experienced if you've been listening at all this week. And so we're going to take our cue and take the baton, and we're going to continue in Joshua chapter 2. If this is your first time with us, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it in its entirety, uh, the text, and then I'm going to come back, give some next steps, some takeaways, some practical things we can do with what we read today that will help us walk and to fix our eyes and be more like Jesus in everything that we do. And so I'm going to be reading out of the CSB version, and let's begin in verse 8 of chapter 2 of Joshua. It says this, Before the man fell asleep, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings you completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now, please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family. Because I showed kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all who belong to them and save us from death. The man answered her, we will give our lives for yours. If you don't report our mission, we will show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, since she lived in a house that was built into the wall of the city. Go to the hill country so that the man pursuing you won't find you, she said to them. Hide there for three days until they return. Afterwards, go on your way. The man said to her, We will be free from this oath you made us swear, unless... When we enter the land, you tie this scarlet cord to the window through which you let us down. Bring your father, mother, brothers, and all your father's family into your house. If anyone goes out the doors of your house, his death will be on his own fault. He will be innocent. But if anyone with you in the house should be harmed, his death will be our fault. And if you report our mission, we are free from the oath you made us swear. Let it be as you say, she replied. And she sent them away. After they had gone, she tied the scarlet cord to the window. So the two men went into the hill country and stayed there three days until the pursuers had returned. They searched all along the way, but did not find them. Then the man returned, came down from the hill country and crossed the Jordan. They went to Joshua, son of Nun, and reported everything that had happened to them. They told Joshua, the Lord has handed over the entire land to us Everyone who lives in the land is also panicking. What an amazing story found in the most unlikely 
of places. If you have read God's Word before, you have seen this theme in the lens of Scripture that God will do things in the very unpredicted place, ordinary places, but yet He'll use it and leverage it to do something truly extraordinary. And so as we begin this passage in verse number 8, we see Rahab. Her, her job was a prostitute. She lives within the city wall. But she goes to these spies that are coming to spy out this city to see if it can be taken for the glory of God. And so that these people, these promised land people, whom God's people, could take hold of what was promised. And she comes up to the roof as they're sleeping and she gives this testimony. It's an amazing that here is this lady who is not of the people of God, but she has heard about what God has done on their behalf and it has changed her. And she's going to give a testimony about who she believes God. She's expressing faith in the God of the Israelites. And she goes, listen, I've heard what he has done. He has an amazing stat record. He has an amazing rap sheet. He has dried up a, a sea. Like, who does that? We've heard how you've taken these Amorite kings and have overcome them. We have heard his fame and his renown has been heard. And this is a God that I want to put my trust in. I've seen how he's worked on your behalf. I've seen how he has moved. I've seen how he has gone before you. And this is the kind of God that I want on the throne of my life. Then she goes on in verses 14 through 21, and she continues to kind of work this out and goes, hey, I want you to promise something. I want you to promise that you will not attack my family or anybody in our family or who belongs to our household if I'm willing to help you out. Because I have shown you kindness, I want you to show me kindness. And here's the other thing I want you to think about too. There's something I thought about as I was reading this passage. Her home is in the very wall in which will be kind of necessary to be fallen so that the people can take what is promised. So in essence, she's going, I'm willing to surrender my home if you will save my family, even though this battle will maybe will cause everything around me to crumble. I'm going to put my trust and my hope in your God and in your king, because I know with him is a better place. It's like she was willing to surrender what she had to, to get what God had for her. Let me say it again. She was willing to surrender what she had in order to take hold of and embrace what God had for her, for her and for her family. And so isn't that sometimes the rub? Like we are so tightly holding on to the things that we have that we're unwilling to surrender the things that God has for us. And we think because if I surrender this, then what do I have? Here's the deal. When we have a surrendered posture, we are able to receive more. And so Rahab walked this out. She said, you know what? I will surrender this home. I will surrender what is known for this unknown. But I'm putting my faith in the king who has shown himself faithful. He's dried up a sea. He has given you favor. He has allowed you to overcome your enemies. And so it is a right choice for me to surrender what I have to embrace what I don't have. And it goes on to say um, in verse 21, notice this. She says this, let it be as you say. I can't help coming fresh off the Christmas season of this echoing what Mary said. Let it be so. When angel Gabriel came to her and said, you're going to have a child, and then eventually tells her all the ways that that's going to happen, she goes, let it be as you say. And here is Rahab going, let it be so. 
Let it be so. I am willing to walk my way. I'm willing to agree to this. Let it be so. I'm willing to follow what God, what the God of the Israelites has even for me. And notice something else. Like, I love how God is revealing to us that he's a God of everybody, that, that God is willing to accept all at his table. And it doesn't matter what's in your past. Whenever you read of Rahab in the New Testament, it always talks about her profession. She was a prostitute, but her profession in her past had no hold on her anymore because of who her king was. And I think that's something for us that we can take to heart and that we can walk out. Because of our past, because of what we've done that we say discounts ourselves, God and the sufficiency of Christ's blood is able to overcome that and make us new. And so our past does not define us anymore. Who sits on the throne of our lives defines us now. And so we have this picture of Rahab who God used in a mighty way, not just a little bit, but her name is forever on the pages of scripture because God used her in a way because God is showing through the life of Rahab that all are invited. And the last thing that this is just, I don't know if I've ever noticed it before, or maybe, I don't know, but the crimson, the scarlet cord, the scarlet cord, the scarlet cord was going to show the Israelites that Rahab had received grace, that she wasn't going to get death, that she wasn't going to be enslaved, that she had freedom because of the scarlet cord, because of the agreement that has been made. Can I tell you today, right where you are, there is a scarlet cord available to you to hang out the window of your life in surrender to say that because of the blood, because of what Christ has done on your behalf, you are free and you are free indeed. You can now taste of life and you don't have to taste of death. You now have freedom and you don't have enslavement. And so when Rahab hangs that scarlet cord, she's saying, hey, pass over because of this red cord in my window. And because of what Christ has done, death and sin no longer have a hold on us, so it can pass over us. And back in Egypt, when the nation of Israel was waiting for their freedom and the spirit of death came through the camp and they had that crimson over their door, they had the scarlet blood on their door so that death would pass over because of the unblemished lamb. The same is true for us today. So in light of that, that causes us to live differently. That causes us to live in a way that really is to honor the king and go, you know what, today I'm going to surrender what I have and what I'm clenching to, to embrace what you have for me, because what you have is better. Who knew that so many years after this moment in history, that Rahab's story will still be impacting us today. That Rahab's story reminds us that we are invited and called. That Rahab's story reminds us that our past doesn't have a hold on us. Rahab's story reminds us that because of what Christ has done, we can taste of freedom and walk in it. So I pray today as you walk this out, that you are reminded well and that you walk well in light of what the King has done on your behalf. And remember, you are invited. Your past does not have a say anymore and that freedom is offered to you. So walk well in it. We hope you will continue to join us on this journey as we navigate through the book of Joshua. Invite some friends to listen. And as always, we would love to have you be a part of our Sunday services and our Thursday night services. You can go to our website to find out more information. But we are glad that you are here and we look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow.
You guys go and be blessed and know you have a God who is for you. You have a God who goes before you. You have a God who is with you. You have a God who has your back. That's what kind of king we have. Love you guys. See you guys later. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.